Okay. Here we are. Hey, Matt. Hi, Ben. I, uh, I thought for this table chat, we could just talk, talk a little bit about spiritual communion um, and uh, what our plan is for that uh, in the coming weeks. Um, this past Sunday, we celebrated communion. Matt, you celebrated communion in your home. Um, and the rest of us engaged in a practice called spiritual communion, which yes. um, basically we're in, it, 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 it's, uh, the church has always taught that when we are unable to partake in the elements, uh, that we, the desire to do so is enough to receive the benefits of communion. Um, and so we did that this past Sunday. Um, I, I actually found it really meaningful to pray the prayer of longing for Jesus um, mm-hmm. and to just know that uh, communion was being celebrated sort of on on my behalf and on our behalf. Yeah. Um, and so we're doing this, you know, I mean, it's, it seems wise and responsible. Our bishop um, encouraged us to to practice this because there's really no way at this early stage of kind of understanding this virus, there's really no way of guaranteeing that we're not spreading, you know, COVID-19, even if we tried to very safely right. distribute communion elements. Right. Um, so because of that, um, we're practicing spiritual communion, at least for Lent. And we'll, we'll see, we'll see going forward. Um, but, you know, I, I found it really helpful to know our bishop reminded us that um, there's many times and places in church history where partaking in communion wasn't possible. So it's not just in the case right. of extreme sickness, but it's also times of persecution, times of martyrdom, you know, times right. of imprisonment, I, you right. know, um, the famine, sickness, warfare. Um, and we just feels like we're in one of those times where we're not able to do this. And so uh, I'm thankful for being able to practice spiritual communion in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think spiritual communion makes sense in uh, in conjunction with uh, the priest standing in the stead for the people, mm-hmm. so that the priest represents the people to God as an offering and as a um, as a as a like there's like this the priest is in the stead of the body of Christ, the people of Christ offering the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to God. Yes. And then partakes of the communion as a representative of, and on behalf of the people. Mm -hmm. So I think spiritual communion isn't just this mind trip, right? It isn't just this, uh, I just can't will myself into the benefits of the Eucharist, but rather it's united with this understanding that, uh, the priest is um, the representative of the people. Yeah. And what he's doing, he does on behalf and for the people. Yes. Yeah. And there, there's a real, yeah. So the, the, I think, I think that is, it, it's meaningful, not just in the sense of, you know, oh, isn't it nice that somebody's thinking about this or somebody, this is happening somewhere. Yeah. But it's meaningful in the sense that we are actually mystically, if I can use that word, mystically connected as the body of Christ. And so mm-hmm. as, as priests, when we celebrate, we do celebrate on behalf of this, of this body. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm encouraged that we're doing that. Um, I, I also found this quote, uh, I think in an article I read about spiritual communion um, from St. Teresa of Avila, who says this, when you do not receive communion and you do not attend mass, you can make a spiritual communion, which mm. is a most beneficial practice. By it, the love of God will be greatly impressed on you. 
Hmm. So, um, so anyway, I, I, get, I think we want to just say, we want to encourage uh, y'all uh, as the church to participate in this as we uh, offer Eucharist during the week. So we did this yes. on Sunday, um, but we're also going to be doing this throughout the week. And um, at least for this week and maybe for the weeks going forward, we'll just see if this schedule works, you know, for us and that kind of thing. Um, that, that schedule is going to be Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at noon. So 12 p.m. Eastern. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, uh, one of us, Matt or I, will be offering Eucharist uh, during those times. Uh, And then Fridays at 4 p.m. is the other time uh, that that will be offered. i got to put that on my phone, Ben, so don't forget. Yeah, don't forget forget to do this. Um, I'll send you a calendar invite, too, maybe. Oh, yeah, do that. Do that. Send me a calendar. Um, And so there'll be a... Um, sent out an email yesterday about this, but there'll be a link in the show notes to this episode if you uh, can find it on our website um, that has a link to the page where you can download a liturgy for spiritual communion. It's basically a five-minute prayer liturgy that you can pray at these times when you know this is happening uh, to be able to, again, receive spiritual communion during yeah. this time. Um, and it'll also have a link to if uh, if you want to join us, if you're available for about probably takes half an hour, I would think, uh, to do the liturgy. Um, If you're available to join us, we'll also have a a way for you to uh, be able to just uh, join a Zoom call and uh, at least watch the liturgy being uh, taking place. And also uh, there'll be a liturgy for that as well if you want to participate in that. Yeah. Um, Just seeing the responses and seeing it happen. Did you say when that's going to happen, Ben? When what's going to happen? The liturgy, the morning liturgy. Like what time? Oh, it's not. It's not a morning liturgy. This this oh. is the Eucharistic liturgy. Friday, oh. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at noon. Yeah, and then Fridays at four p.m. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you also referenced uh, praying the morning prayer. No, that um, we can maybe save for another episode. But um, All right. we also not, don't let not, the, that cat out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, we also want to be celebrating. We just haven't dis- while we're recording this. We haven't decided when, but we want to celebrate morning prayer, evening prayer at some regular intervals, and allow you to join us for that as well, if that's meaningful. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, I, I, one of the other ways I I think of thinking about this during this season is just to think about it as fasting from the Eucharist for Lent, <laughs> mm-hmm. and may and maybe longer. We'll see uh, how far we need to go with this, but. Um, I think that fasting from taking communion, um, I think it can call us to seek and hunger for the Lord in alternative ways uh, that I think will bring a lot of joy when we are able to partake in the Eucharist again. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it also enables us to testify that we are uh, tra- doing our best to love our neighbors, you know, flattening the curve. Like, um, I think it's worth reiterating the reason we're doing this is not for our own safety. Uh, only, mm. but also as an act of love for our neighbors to say, everything we know about this virus says that um, yes. the reason the reason that you don't uh, that you try to stay home, the reason that you don't gather in large groups is not for your own safety, but because we can overwhelm our healthcare system if too many of us get this at one time, and yeah. the virus can be spread without you knowing you have it. You know, um, all of this, all of these kinds of things. So, this is uh, mm. fasting from Eucharist as an act of love for our neighbors um, and uh, as a way of um, yeah, just seeking the Lord in other ways and uh, looking mm-hmm. forward to the joy that being able to take uh, the Eucharist physically will bring us. Yeah. So so blessings, friends. Anything else we need to say about this, Matt? No, I think that's it. I think um, 
maybe even a discipline for those of you. I know many of us, I think our church is pretty diverse in the sense that there's some people who really only come to our church for the Eucharist. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then there's some people at our church who don't quite get the Eucharist mm. and sort of, it does, it's not like it's wrong or bad for them, but they don't quite get what everybody's talking about. Mm. And I just want to say like, there's room for, there's room for everybody at the table. Hey, yeah. hey. but um, I also want to just say maybe during this time of spiritual Eucharist, like be curious about what it is your soul is feeding on mm-hmm. and what it is you lack without the tactile concrete, um, mm. ordinary, regular elements of bread and wine. Mm. Yes. Uh, and just, you know, let, let's let this be a, um, kind of a, you use the word fast, but like a, let's let it be a spiritual exercise. Yes. And see what the Lord wants to show us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would encourage, I would encourage that as well. Just use it as a time to, you know, and as you pray, especially this short liturgy for spiritual communion, you know, it takes five minutes and just see, see what it does to, to yeah. pray through this prayers. Let these prayers be impressed upon you. Let them lead you yeah. somewhere. Um, maybe to close, I'll just read I'll read this prayer for spiritual communion that um, Mm. is part of this liturgy, and uh, we'll end with this. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are truly present in the Holy Sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to possess you within my soul. And since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, I beseech you to come into my heart spiritually. I unite myself to you together with all your faithful people gathered around every altar of your church, and I embrace you with all the affections of my soul. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Amen.